Namaste, um, bada-bim, bada-boom. Stian Stinaldo is the guest of this podcast today, and it is my utmost pleasure to introduce him to you. We're going to have some talks about the pyramids, some emotions, some addictions, some habitual things, what happiness is, what success is. Nepal, we're going to go over, all over the place. I hope that you enjoy this episode, and I want to say in advance, I'm sorry for my voice being kind of low on this. I, I have no idea how that happened. Well, enjoy. How can ordinary people achieve the extraordinary? How can we manifest our dream reality? How can our thoughts interact with physical matter? Those are just some of the questions, and this podcast will explore the answers by diving deep into human potential, exploring new sciences, and demystifying the mystical. I was myself the ultimate screw-up. I had four million dollars in debt. I spent three years in prison. I lost my family to deportation. Yet today, I live the dream life. My name is Tor, and this is to shift. Welcome to the show, Stian Stinaldo. Thank you, brother. How are you, my man? I'm awesome, as always. Great. So what is your... Uh, tell me a little bit about... For the people who can't see you right now, you're sitting in the, a little nook in the living room with a few chairs and a few pictures behind you, and it, it looks pretty cozy. What is, what is this setup? Well, this is my little uh, go-to place when I want to read one of uh, the many books I'm reading. And uh, it's also the, the place that I've decided to make my own little podcast studio. So it's, uh, it's a really cozy little place where I also can throw back some memories back to when I went to Nepal. So that's why I have it here, the Budanat Stupa, which is uh, a World Heritage Site. So... Um, it brings back a lot of good memories and uh, it's kind of like uh, a calm down place. Uh, also in this chair I'm sitting in, it has this uh, massage uh, thingy behind me. So I can like uh, massage my back when I don't have a girlfriend to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what do you call it? Budamat Stupa? The Budanat Stupa. Yes. Budanat Stupa. Yeah. So what is your connection to uh, Nepal and, and the goings on in Nepal, all of that? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I can say I have a connection other than that I am with the people of Nepal in my mind. And I really like the not only the atmosphere, the energy and the vibrations and, and the people in general there, but I also really like how they treat foreigners no matter uh, how you look how you come they will always appreciate you and greet you with namaste and they will always be respectful and loving and caring and that's why i really want to go back to nepal i said in 2018 i come back in 2020 but then COVID and Corona came and now I'm not quite sure uh, because uh, I have to focus on my, my tribe, my family, my own health, my wealth. Uh, and I'm also trying to not only focus on building my 
own uh, company and legacy and podcasting, but also trying to build up like some money on the side so I can actually travel down there. And um, I think yesterday I read that the Nepal government decided to maybe in next week open up for travel, but there have been some lockdowns in, in different airports. So they, some people in the mountains have actually been stranded in the mountains. That sounds like it sucks a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You said namaste. Yeah. Namaste, um, bada, bim, bada, boom. Yeah. Can you say something about that? Oh, I love to. That's my catchphrase uh, or my my signature introduction and catchphrase all in one. Uh, namaste. I honor the place in you that is the same in me. I honor the place in you where the whole universe resides. I honor the place in you which of light, of peace, and of truth. I honor the place in you that is the same in me. There is but one. Namaste. That is the introduction. And Um is it's so, so much more than just two uh, letters and a syllable and, uh, and, and music and, and, and electricity. And it is the start and the end of the universe. Uh, and bada beam, bada boom. It's just a catchphrase I decided to come up with. It's kind of a spin off the bada bing, bada boom. And uh, I just decided to ah, bada beam, bada boom. It's catchy. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So in Nepal, did you see anything different with the people living there compared to where we live in the very two different societies, basically, two very different cultural places? Yeah, <clears throat> it, good question. It, it really depends on how you want to elaborate on that question because it has so many different levels to it. Yeah, I would say that Norwegians are cold motherfuckers who don't really care for the neighbor. Kind of. Well, well, I I um I'm not going to say yes or no to that, but I can <laughs> I can I can get uh I can get that view. Um I I don't get that from the Nepali people at all. Uh in general, Nepali people and the the people in Nepal is really welcoming and greeting i'm not quite sure how the neighboring thing worked because i wasn't like very often in the cities for too long i was up in the mountains doing yoga and meditation practicing and also walking uh, close to five to seven hours almost every day for two 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 and a half weeks and um it's um but but up in the mountains the neighbors is like almost like family to each other. It's like, oh, today we're gonna uh, put the cow out for some, we need to have some food and we need to put, uh, pick up some shit from the cow. Yeah, well, I fixed that. And it, they, they are so helpful for each other and really are uh, really loving people. Uh, it's just uh, one of the most fantastic places I've been in my place, in my, in my whole life so far. So, yeah. Nice. It said like, that I think it's Machu Picchu that is one of those big connection points of energy on planet Earth. So I'm really looking forward to get down there and see that and experience that for myself. Good. Uh, it's really interesting, uh, Thor, that you said uh, Machu Picchu because uh, 
uh, a maybe not so known fact for all of the listeners is that when I was at the school, just uh, maybe a couple year uh, or a year after my fire accident, I did a, a school uh, task about Machu Picchu in Peru. Uh, it's a really, really fascinating place. It has so many still to this date unsolved mysteries oh, yeah. and still to this date have so many <clears throat> really problematic to describe in in real good science uh, description on how those stones weighing those much uh, tons not kilograms but tons getting up to that mountain because that mountain is pretty high and uh, still they don't have good description you can't use uh, alpacas and uh, and llamas uh, in in many hordes to get those tons uh, stones up there it's it's not kilograms it's not uh, pounds it's tons yeah and also the the way they're fashioned like some of them is so dense that you can't even get a beam of light through the cracks yeah that is fucking impressive and also the big the big uh, depictions on the ground in the hillside that you can only see from the heavens. Yeah. It's interesting to think why they made those for who. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think also Thor that the connection between Machu Picchu and uh, the great pyramid of Giza, uh, Giza and also Gobekli uh, uh, Tepe is one of the most not so connected, uh, talked about uh, lines because Gobekli Tepe and the Great Pyramid of Giza and Machu Picchu actually have some kind of alignment in oh, yeah. a line. Oh, yeah. uh, and there are many like these great sites around the world. And, and some of them are actually in even underwater mm -hmm. outside of China. In Arctic territories? Yeah. Middle of jungles. There's so many pyramids, man. It's, it's insane. But the pyramid is a very strong symbolic thing for us humans. Like the pyramid symbolizes so much. For instance, I, I just learned recently that the topped off pyramid, basically when you chop off the very tip of the pyramid, it symbolizes the not finished growth of a person, basically. Mm. Like a, a growth and change in action or that's very interesting reading this book that has completely changed how I think basically. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really, that's really nice Thor. I think, uh, I think the same way in, in the way you describe that pyramids is actually kind of a description of how many things of, if not everything is put together. And yeah. I think that's also why so many people think it's really fascinating to uh, visit even the pyramid of Giza uh, in Egypt or other places. I mean, yeah. I just found out the other day here, I think it was yesterday on, on TikTok that there is a, actually a pyramid on top of a mountain in Scotland that yeah. nobody like, what the fridge is this? Like what? Uh, and, and a guy just uh, commented under it was uh, made in the 1800s as a, a kind of a symbol to the queen or something. And it's crazy. People, <clears throat> people put up pyramids just like we in, in Norway, we put like Varde 
So mm. when we get on mountains, we put on like stone after stone after stone. Yeah. That's just like a simple way of, I, th I think I would like to call it a dumbing down of a pyramid. <laughs> yeah, it's like a simple uh, statement in an artifact or like in a, uh, like a I was here kind of statement on yeah. top of a mountain. <laughs> so, and also the pyramids have these theories about being a part of a network that is connected all over the globe with energetic fields and streams and the ley lines and holy god we could speak for ages about this just a fucking great pyramid is three sixtieths of a degree off the true north not even the north of the, the planet but the true cosmic north mm -hmm. three sixtieths of the degree that is like with that size it's unfathomable for me like i can't even wrap my head around how that is possible it's so fucking interesting i need and to also, revisit those two <laughs> yeah me too and uh, and also um i think in in my respectful humble opinion it's like not only do the great pyramid of giza uh, or giza although somehow you want to pronounce it but the great pyramid in egypt and the the Sphinx, so many people have it all wrong. They oh, yeah. think it's like made like two or three or four thousand years ago. But the, the, the Sphinx pyramid, and there is a lot of archaeological uh, and uh, science documents behind this, backing this up. This, the Sphinx pyramid is probably before the last ice age. Yeah. That makes it more than 10,000 years old. Yeah, and, and also the head of the Sphinx was uh, most likely destroyed after the Ice Age or during the Ice Age because the top of the head of the, uh, the was looking much different. It was looking more like a cat, like a cat with like strong uh, right up ears, more like a hare looking. Uh, and it was so much different and they even have found uh, indications of water going down on it so it's um and and i have like i have um, i'm not quite sure how many right now it's four or five aunts i have one of the youngest my youngest aunt is really fascinating person she's been traveling all around the world she said she's been to the great pyramid of Giza. And um, there is so many strange healing energies there, yeah. healing yeah. energies. She said that if you have problems with arthritis or problems with the knees or with the shoulders or with any back pain or pain in general, you should just go around the pyramid for like three, time, three times or something. And they're gone. They're yeah. freaking gone. He said that the tip is kind of collecting energy. So it's used in a lot of religious fashions today. Like you can see Christian, um, Christian buildings having these glass pyramids on top to kind of magnify that beam of energy. Really interesting. But I also, also like, ju yeah, yeah. I, I just want to also pick back to the way you said with the pyramids, because, um, Graham Hancock, a really interesting guy, oh, yeah. he, he said something about uh, the pyramids maybe even be some kind of a battery in in, oh, yeah. in, in long, long time ago. And if, if I'm not mistaken, 
my personal opinion and thought about it is that if the pyramids was made, not was, it, it was made of some stone, limestone that was connecting the light. And if this is true, and it was also made of solid gold on the top, and if what the pictures and what my research have proven is to be true, this was probably one of the biggest batteries collecting uh, lightning sources in the world. And when you put it all together, that's just as Nikolai Tesla wanted. He wanted to gather the lightning to get free energy to all the people of the world. Yeah, I mean, he harnessed the power that was already there by using the, the science that we developed and understood from nature itself. So for us to think that we just now discovered electricity, like during the last few hundred years or whatever, not even that, like it, it's so fucking recent and it's arrogant to think that we are the first ones to get there just by looking at the fucking hieroglyphs of the, the pyramids. And also they have found these rudimentary kind of cable systems and these square holes, square long shafts basically where they can actually measure electromagnetic frequency that is different compared to where the other places that they measure. So it's there by design. And also there's these hieroglyphs of fucking huge light bulbs. It's weird stuff. But, and also they say that the pyramids, if, if we are to believe that they were built by slaves during a period of what, 10, 20 years, then they would have had to haul up a huge fucking incredibly heavy stone every second of those, of that time period. That is impossible. Doesn't make sense. And also there's a lot of, there's a lot of theories that goes into how the pyramids got, like the one person who is said to have direct contact with his uh, former lives, where he actually remembers the faces and the names of the people thousands of years ago. He says that the, the pyramids were built by sound vibrations and stuff. Like they, they harness the power of vibrations and frequencies. And I don't know, it's a very interesting theory because right now we're, we're just exploring these fields of new sciences within frequencies and fucking the um, oom is healing in itself if it's set on the right frequency. Like everything that we are experiencing with sound healing and stuff, right? It's, it's amazing that we now go into trying to reinvent what has been part of our history for a long time. I want to, I want to pick that up and, and, and bring it forward in the, in, uh, in the flow here because it's really interesting when you say uh, the oom and the vibration and pick up the healing because oom as like oom, when you put when you pronounce it right and when you do it right for the long time, you can actually make, and this is no joke, there is video online, you can actually make small children that's crying their yeah. a-hole out go right to sleep. Yeah. And uh, when you ch when you chant it for like three minutes uh, straight, remember to breathe in between, of course. But when you do like, when you do like this for three minutes and breathing in between, of course, you can actually gather and center all your chakras and energies and you will be in much more balance when whenever i mean you just need three minutes yeah. uh i've learned that from billy carson from forbidden knowledge on instagram it's a fantastic way of just getting centered with your 
and mind and your body and your soul and just get connected, get grounded. Exactly. Us humans are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like the book I'm reading right now is called Sapiens. Shout out to Elizabeth J for kind of reminding right me here. that I have that book. It's right a here. good, have you read it? I'm reading it. It's a fucking good book. Yeah. And we have been doing so many crazy shit. Like I just picked up a few years ago, basically. I picked up this new skill, this new talent that I was trying to, to cultivate. And it was about what I can do with my mouth, right? I can create yeah, two I tones. Yeah, I remember. So for the people who hasn't heard this, this is going to be so fucking weird for you. But listen for that high tone over the, the low tone, which is, it is still amazes me that, I'm, that, that this is possible with our mouths. Here it goes. It's insane. How are we able to do these things? <laughs> Fucking amazing. Practice makes champion, brother. And uh, it's just like... Um... It's just like beatboxing. I, I tried it yeah. one time and I just stopped because it was so annoying when I couldn't get it. But it yeah. just, it's just like, it, it's actually, my, in my opinion, it is pretty easy to do anything in life if you just decide to be focused on it and choose it and just like go after it as bad as you need to breathe. Then yeah, make it habitual. Any, yeah. Yeah, make it part of everyday life. That's like, it may seem so fucking simple, but just do it. If you have something that you want to do, just do it. Start doing some tiny thing every day and just dedicate yourself to doing that one little piece every day. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, well, it's, it is fucking amazing. And uh, it's uh, one of the things that I really like is uh, to, um, to watch people wh when they are doing something they thought they would never be able to do. Yeah. And I'm telling them like, just because I'm also reading a book about facts and statistics. I really like to uh, combine science with also facts and statistics and numbers because numbers doesn't lie. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's like when you have a person and, that person, for instance, I can take from my own life. Uh, I've been doing uh, circus, like juggling and balancing acts and stuff and teaching them away for like uh, close to 20 years. And when, when I want to, for instance, learn someone to like balance a, 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 a plate, <laughs> a plate on, a, on a stick, yeah. when I want to learn that to someone, I'm telling them all the steps they have to do. And I'm also putting in at the end, I started that this year, actually. I'm putting in at the end, I'm telling them that don't be one of those eight people out of 10 who give up yeah. because I believe you can do it. Yeah. Some of them are like, but I don't think I can do it. Well, I'm telling you with that mindset, you can't, but I'm telling you, you can. Just exactly. believe me. Because I'm telling you, if you do it just the way I'm doing it, you can do it too. It is easy. Don't be one of those eight. Be the two out of ten. Yeah. And that is uh, one of the, the things that I really like in, in general. When, when people are mastering something they thought they would never be able to master. Even, even if it's like simple stuff. Like, 
oh, I will not be able to take the st steps today because I had leg day yesterday. But like, what are you complaining about? You have legs, God damn it, use them. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it hurts, but God damn it, use them. They will be exactly. stronger. God damn it, use them. Yeah, this is like the, the comfort zone and where the growth zone is. It's not in the comfort zone. You have to be uncomfortable in order to see where you can improve. And when that mastery feeling, like the best thing to do in order to cultivate a skill is just do something easy, something that you didn't think that you could do. But if it is theoretically easy, nailing that would just open your mind to, holy crap, it's fucking possible. And if people just got into the habit of learning new things for like right now, we're stupid compared to our ancient foragers, like who, who they needed to know how to make an, a weapon from stone in a few minutes. They needed to know about the habits of animals, where the plants grew, what was poisoned, what was not, how the rivers and seasons worked, everything. And their brain was bigger because of this. They had more intellectual capacity, but they used that in order to survive. And now we're fucking lazy. We, we don't have to focus on that. We, we can just focus on one thing. If I'm a factory worker, cool. I know how to work the assembly line. If I work in a store, cool. I know about everything in that store. I don't need to know about how everything else works. I can lean on other experts. So everyone has that little field of, of knowledge and expertise that everyone else leans on. And together we work as this, this big organism that is individually quite weak. Weird. <laughs> it is weird. And it's, it's really fascinating at the same time because I, <clears throat> as you pointed out in the, in the start of, of the conversation, I have a lot of different things on my wall behind me here. And, um, and, and one of my favorite ones is actually life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Yeah, 100%. And, 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 and that's just like, when, when people tell me, uh, for instance, that, oh, but I have a shitty day. Uh, one of my automatic responses right now is, is usually, but this day isn't shitty. It's just your attitude towards the day. Yeah. And just because we are all human beings, we have uh, all a lot of different emotions and we have a, all a lot of different thought patterns and we have a lot of different habits and uh, positive and negative energies. And we have a lot of different similarities in our own self but so many people today in the year 2020 or 2020 as i like to say is unfortunately looking to like what is the kardashian or what is donald trump or what is petter nurtug or what is someone famous doing today and scrolling around like a monkey i'm like I'm, I'm so saddened to see that so many people think that the world today is worse than like uh, 20 or 50 or 100 or 200 years ago, but it's so, so wrong. It's just like I, I, I said just that I'm reading a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. I can really recommend that one. That's throwing together research from independent people for the last... 30 years going back like 150 and 200 years. One of the most uh, awful statistic is child uh, death before the year of three years old. 
Yeah. That is one of the most gruesome statistic there is. Yeah. And that statistic has been going down for close to 200% for the last 80 years. And, and when you then come up to, but yeah, but people say there is so much war. There is so much war. There is war there. there. No, there have never been less war in the world than there is right now. But there have never been so much more information about war war than there is in the world right now because in my humble opinion and respectful as well the media and not only the sms the or the msm the mass media but media in general is focusing on selling drugs and war and sex and narcotics and negative shit because we are as you have pointed out earlier in the podcast we have an old brain and that brain is connected to the negative thing like really, really fast. But also, I like to point out there is something in, in Norway that's called PFU, like for, for ethics of the press. Yeah. To, they have to come and like this. But there is nothing in those uh, rules that says that the media can't focus on negative bullshit. And that makes me so angry, so angry. And in their mind, they have to, because that sells. We have that gossipy brain that just feeds stuff of drama and intrigue. Mm. It's like when I was in jail, I had these really tough emotions when I actually arrived at the jail because it was like, holy shit, the, the reality just hit. Where am I, right? What did I do? I was taken away from the family. Now they had a completely different reality. They saw that the news and the media was talking about me like I was some kind of mob boss, that I was running this league of criminal and delinquents, and that I was just a, this, this emperor of dismay and hell, right? I was, I was evil incarnate. And the people who knew me knew that this was not fucking true. They knew everything about me, and they saw that the media was just spinning this around to sell more papers, right? And that's how every fucking media outlet in the world is. Some people have faced that. They know that the media is just full of bullshit, and they stop following it because they know the true nature of it. But the world is run on it. Like in this book, Sapiens, they say that gossip is basically how we started to communicate. Like when you're starting to make shit up and when you're starting to create stories and shit, we're still doing that, but we're focusing on the negative. And when you have that one fucking negative thought, it empowers the neural network around every negative emotion you have. You might think that you're sad, and because you're sad, you're not angry. But within that neural ne network, you already, you're sad, you're self-pitying, you're angry, you're hateful, you're jealous, you're, you're self-pitying, right? No self-worth, all that. It is because of that one negative emotion that is just being empowered. And media does a great job in keeping people in that state. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, it's <laughs> it's so good to 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 just not only see but also hear your reaction on it because it it kind of like resonates with me that it it, it makes it it makes an impact for you as well to when you see it in like different perspective. For instance, when when I was um I also pointed out that earlier in the conversation when I was in a in a fire accident that actually almost killed me and uh, and and I went to the hospital and I was not breathing for my own 
uh, self and 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 then at a later stage when I was breeding for myself and I was out of the hospital and I was getting back home there was this uh, magazine in Norway called Seo Hör uh, Look and Hear and um, really the definition and, of gossip <laughs> yeah really really and and they was like wanted to make a, a case uh, of me and the other people that was in the the uh, fire accident uh, cabin and and my parents at that time said that they don't want me to do it and um and i was i was not 18 at that point i was uh, also trying to see different perspective of the case and i was respectful and i was like well okay i'm going to respect you as my parents to say that i shouldn't do it so I was out of that uh, look in here case magazine. And I'm so thankful to this day that I wasn't because they was putting it it's so, so wrong. I, I have it printed out and I'm, I'm reading it, uh, not now, but when I read it, it's like, what in the actual fuck are you saying? It's like, if, if, if this was happening the way they described it, I would be fucking dead, man. It's like, it's so stupid. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not even make me sad. It's angry. It's just make me disappointed, like, and sad actually, because it's, um, there is this Norwegian commercial that's all that I always resonate with. It says, I'm not angry. I'm just really, really disappointed. Mm. And that is how I feel about the, the media outlets nowadays. Because when I was um, 18 to 20, I went two out of three years in uh, media and communication uh, education. And one of the biggest things we learned was be source critical. Uh, yeah. And so many people today are taking it in like it fucking chips. Yeah. It's just like, well, I'm, I gotta believe this. I'm, I'm yeah. so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm just, I'm just sad and disappointed about it. Last week, I learned that meditation causes anxiety and depression. That was a case from our national fucking news outlet, <laughs> NRK. Meditation is bad for you. It causes anxiety and depression. I was like. Okay, hold on. Now someone is getting depressed. Now they're fucking desperate. How are you making this? And then you read it. And it was like, yeah, it said that 8% would actually have something bad come to them. It's like, okay, cool. Cool. That is just like when the 2% of people with, con with existing mental po uh, problems do psychedelics or smoke some weed and go completely batshit crazy. And then you just say that weed is a fucking disease if you go and if you smoke weed you're a crazy person like for fuck's sake compared to who it's helped that's like saying that cars is like the ultimate death trap because someone <laughs> dies every day right it's oh my god the way they spin this shit is so fucking awful so on another note yeah Jan, <laughs> where would you say that thoughts come from <laughs> Ah, that's a really good question, Thor. That's yeah. like uh, that's like uh, mind battling, mind boggling, mind bending. Yeah. Before it's... you have the thought, where is it? Where is it? Well, it's it's uh, it's somewhere. Uh, it's um, well, I think 
I'm not quite sure if we will ever be able to understand the concept of consciousness and our thought patterns and how it all is connected because it does really depend on how you want to look at the, not only the perspective of the universe and the consciousness and our thoughts in general, but also if you're religious or spiritual, it, it does not matter. It's all, we all people, all people, I think in my personal opinion, believe in some higher God, Ooh, God in, yeah. it, it does not matter if it's like, it does not matter if it's a God, if it's Allah, if it's Buddha, it does not matter what it is, but some people believe it's something higher. Yeah. So in, in, in the sentence that I kind of want to put together now, it's my uh, personal opinion and respectful as well opinion to say that thoughts come from God. And whatever God is, yeah, that source, is the universe, up to, is. yeah, that's up to each and every individual to think. Yeah. Um, just as Elon Musk have been quoted to saying that the possibility, the, the possibility of we not living in the matrix is pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Also a theory, like we could, for all we know, we're in a fucking computer simulation and we have no idea. And like that we we're just starting to get into quantum physics and what i just recently learned is called noetics yeah. that's like the the science that i stumbled upon personally i didn't know it was called noetics it's like i would say it's if christianity is completely real 100% and it is depicting everything that is in the bible and everything happened it will be the equivalent of one dude just going up there and he's speaking to god it was like hi so I don't know, who are you? God, okay, cool. What, are, what am I supposed to do with this information though? Cool, a few stone tablets. This helps me nothing. I have to have more. And then all of this stuff just starts to evolve, right? This thing is telling him what Christianity is. That's what happened to me in noetics. I was doing meditations. I was seeing my higher self. Like I was literally seeing a version of myself that was not a memory. He was doing stuff like separate from what I was thinking he was going to do. I was talking to myself, seeing myself. I was like, that was fucking interesting. And then it, I felt different, right? And then I got into all this thought thing. And then after reading about it for two years, just coming across what it is actually called now, fucking fascinating. Because it's like spiritual, the spirit's power over physical matter. The power of thought. Your company, does it exist? It was just a thought, right? But because we have all come, everyone has agreed that if you do some magical mumbo jumbo with some paperwork, then that company exists. Norway, is that a thing? Or is it just fantasy that we have all agreed upon is a thing? Right? We are living in a fantasy. If you want, if you watch it that way, we're living in a fantasy because everything came from our mind at some point. And then someone just, okay, let's document this and create some kind of a ritualistic thing around it. And then we just agree that this is how it's supposed to be. Like, okay, by the time you're this age, you have to be baptized, for instance. Or when you're this, you're going to go through a ritual made by us to make you a man. Right? Which is like, 
con, uh, confirmation, which is, it could be a rite of passage through Christianity or religion, or it could be something else just to celebrate them becoming a, a adult person. And before that, before someone came up with the idea that we should do this, it was just a thought. It was an idea. Yeah. I haven't thought an idea. Can you throat sing something when I go and take a piss real quick? Is that why you were just guts, guts smashing yeah. yourself? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I Let's do a, a little break I, and then. I, I have a really not so good way of holding my bladder. <laughs> By beating it to death? <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, let's do that. I'm back. Welcome back, my man. Thank you. You know, I quit smoking for a little bit and then I started again. Well, that happened. It's really interesting because I, I quit smoking and I had my focus on quitting smoking. And I, I was very aware of where my habitual things were about not smoking. Mm -hmm. So I went for a long period without smoking. No problem. And this was just a, a month ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I stopped biting my fingernails because I thought, I've been biting these suckers for like 30 years. I should stop that. And then I went through and I focused on stopping that, breaking the habitual pattern, right? And I went through my process and I... I had it on, under control. I mean, if you see, I fucking have fingernails now and I have to fucking clean them every day. That is so fucking weird for me to do. Cleaning the fingernails is a hab it's an exercise that I really never thought I was ever going to experience. Fucking weird. It's like me combing my hair, right? So when I focused my energy on that, my fucking discipline on quitting smoking completely fell off. It came back. And that is fucking interesting because that says something about humans multitasking and habitual breakage and stuff, if that's what we're going to call it. But I want to pick up on that, Thor, because you said some interesting words that uh, you said something about uh, long time or you said something about time, but you never said like how many days because you know as well yeah. as me that it takes 30 days to build a habit. Exactly. Exactly. And I was in the, I think I was three weeks, two weeks, three weeks in, which still, I wasn't stopped. I hadn't stopped. I had kind of gone from, I want to say I was an avid smoker just like very short time ago. I didn't smoke for eight months or a year or whatever. And then my brain told me, you're stressed. You should do something about that. And then I started smoking cannabis, which was not for the stress. I wanted to have a soul cleansing meditation. And on cannabis, I get that, the, uh, the out of body meditation, if you will, where I really get to visualize myself as pure consciousness. And I, re I forget my body. Yesterday, a fucking, I think it was a wasp or a mosquito or whatever. It bit me in my forehead and I didn't really do anything about it. I felt the thing land in my face, but I was so deep in meditation. That was like, it's okay. You can sit on me for a little bit. And then you fucking sting me? <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> and still, as it, as it did this, it stung me in my fucking forehead. I was like sitting there. Well, that happened. <laughs> think about that now. I'm so deep in this meditation right now that I won't use my energy to lift my hand and scratch my face. No, <sighs> I will scratch it mentally. And so I did that. My focus went straight from my third energy center right up to the fucking thing where it stung me. So I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, get back to business, bro. Get back down there. <laughs> it was a very interesting fucking experience. But yeah, 
Where was I? <laughs> the habitual so, yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the habitual thing about smoking, yeah. Yeah, three weeks in, and then it was like, I knew, need to do this soul cleansing. And then my brain starts making these excuses. It's not, it's okay to have one after food. It's okay to have one with your morning coffee. It's okay to have one just before bed. And before you know it, you're like, crap, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So I have to, yeah, I have to fix something there. I have to, because I live with someone who don't want to smoke or who don't want to quit smoking, I have to figure out a way to circumvent that. Because this not, it, it's not giving me anything. Anything. What? What, what did you just say? Who don't want to smoke or don't want to quit smoking? Don't want to quit smoking. Ah. Yeah. So some, she, she want to smoke. Yeah. Some people have that thing where they actually, they get chillaxed, right? A good example of this is when I have a headache, I really don't want to take a fucking pill for it. I really don't want to take any medication to do, to, yeah, to fix some minor issue. So what I do is normally we just breathe shallow. We don't really breathe. So when you take a really deep breath, consciously thinking I'm going to breathe in for four seconds and I'm going to hold it there for two seconds before I breathe out for four seconds. You're doing this alpha breathing. While you're doing that and you're, you're doing, you're visualizing yourself basically removing that pain. I don't know. I, sometimes I just visualize me going in with a razor and just wipe that shit out. Right. And then for some reason, the pain goes away and it works. It's like one breath. Sometimes it's so fucking excruciating that I have to take some pills, but normally, Breath alone. It's amazing. But yesterday I was reading so fucking much and I had this theory where I was taking in so much information that my brain was just vibrating at the end of the day. And it, it hurt. It was in pain. It was like doing a massive workout. Fucking hell. What have you been reading lately? Like, other than factfulness, what are you reading right now? I'm reading... Um... 21 Thoughts for the 21st Century by the same author as Sapiens, Yuval Noah Harari. Oh, that's not uh, an interesting book. Uh, indeed. Uh, the Brain and the Gut uh, about Emran Mayer, uh, about the body's uh, hidden co uh, dialogue. The Sixth, Fen Sen no, the Sixth Extinction by mm. Elizabeth Colbert. I had that too. I had to read that. And... On top here is the uh, X, uh, what's the English, I, it says on the inside, I know it does. Uh, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck well, is Mark one Manson. of the best, yeah, that's actually one of the best books I've read this year. He's, it gave, uh, it yeah. gave me this so, it, it, it actually gave me the, the not only the, the purpose and the responsibility action but it gave me so many how do you want to call it gold flakes of situations yeah. to see like i usually say to people i when you can see a situation you've been in in so-called the fly perspective on the wall behind yourself and see how you handle that case was it good was it bad how was the person and not and not necessarily go as deep as say, oh, how was the energy of the people and stuff, but more like, did you handle that situation good or bad? Was it in the other person's favor or was it in your own favor? 
And after I read that book, I, I found so many situations in my life where it just like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to be used by anyone anymore. Not even, not even myself going to use myself against other people because there are so many people saying yes, 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 yes to everybody and uh, rest in power to uh, the, um, the, the, the Chadwick that just passed of cancer, uh, fantastic uh, actor who said, one of the greatest lessons I've learned in life is to be able to say no. Oh yeah. And that is so true because I've, I'm not going to go in details or in depth about it, but I've been in so many different love, hate, uh, pay yourself out relationships where people have just bought me as a friend for their own gain and own ego tripping building for whatever cost it must be, money, power, drugs, it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done with that shit. And the Mark Manson book gave me an honest way of looking at life, like just like F it, just like be yourself. Accept that you don't have to say yes to everybody and accept that you are responsible for your own thoughts, for your own action. That's also why I have this sign Well, I'm reading at every start of my pod- podcast. There is no wrong, re- only results. And that's choice and focus. And you have to remember that every day that it's your own choice taken or choice and taken for you. That, like Dean Graziosi, he's the partner of Tony Robbins, I believe. He's a very successful entrepreneur. And he wrote this book called Millionaire Success Habits. And in that, he puts great emphasis on don't just have a to-do list. Have a not-to-do list. Because mm. then you're going to know what you're going to clear, stay clear of. And I think that was powerful. I haven't done that myself. And I should probably do that. It's a, it's a good thing to kind of identify the things that really doesn't give you anything in life and steer clear of them. Really good. So what is your definition of success? Ah, that's a good question, Thor. And I have so many, uh, I've, I've, I've seen so many different people say so many different answers to it and to get my own answer on it would be i don't know uh, success i I think it's i think it's i think it's like really really hard to answer because it's so many different level on success not only on the physical, on the psychical, on the social, but also how you want to measure success depends on how you look at the world and how you look at yourself. Um, For instance, I would say, I would say I could personally give you three reasons to be successful in the physical, psychical and the social. So in the, 
physical, I would say success is when you are 100% comfortable in your own skin. It does not matter how skinny, how big, how small, how tall, how scarred or how hard, no matter how you look. If you're comfortable being able to look yourself in the mirror without makeup, without a lot of shit on yourself and say, I love me as I am, or I love me, or I, I love you, and you mean it 100%, then you are successful in the uh, physical. In the, in the psychical, mental, mental yes. <clears throat> in the mental, it's, it's almost the same, but it's more like when you're able to get the grasp on your thought patterns and your habits, and when you see that, oh my goodness, there's a negative thought about suicide. I don't want to have that. And you can grab a hold of that thought, get three positive or five positive and get that negative thought out like that. Yeah. Then you are successful in the mental. Oh, yeah. And in the social, you are successful when you are able to handle communication with people around you, except where you live, like people you never met before. And you, you can accept them, respect them, meet them and greet them and don't judge by their cover. Don't judge by book by its cover. Don't judge anyone and don't compare yourself by anyone. Be yourself 100%. You are successful when you feel comfortable as a human being in the physical, in the uh, psychical, in the social, as a human being, skin walking uh, thing, with living human beings, when you walk around and you feel great, when you feel loving, when you feel good in yourself, you are successful. Beautiful answer. I want to go you. back to the, you said, don't judge the cover by his book. Yeah. That never sunk in for me. For a long time, I didn't really understand what that meant because mm -hmm. I didn't read. So of course I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> but, so I, when you see a book and it's, it has this amazing cover and you realize that the author basically just paid a lot of a bunch of money to an artist to make that cool. And then the, the book itself was just four pages of text and 900 pages of blank, nothing. Then yeah, the book kind of was misleading. Right. And also there's a term in neurolinguistic programming where the map is not the terrain. You may look at the map, but you don't know the, the creeks and crevices and the, the, the road signs and all that shit that goes on on the terrain. So seeing a person and just seeing, okay, I don't like your face. Doesn't mean that that person, may, maybe he's the fucking next Buddha. Who knows? You don't know what he's thinking, right? And that's, oh my God, I, had, I have had so many discussions about this where people just attack you from their own ignorance. They don't know what they're talking about. They just know that they their perception of the topic at hand is different than yours. And then they feel this ego trip to go out in there and fucking attack you. Non-judgmental. Uh, I mean, going out there with any, without any prejudice is fucking powerful. Fucking powerful. And if everyone did that, there would be no war. There would be nothing. That is a question. That is, I just, uh, just, got some idea in my head that I'm trying to formulate as I'm talking about how I'm formulating it. So if you were to strip yourself of everything, right? You're, you're not Stian Stinello. You don't live in Mandal. You don't have a house. You don't have a religious belief. 
no, nothing of the, the thoughts that other people have given you during your time here on earth is of any consequence. Nothing of what you've learned about other things. It's like the, what we talk about the company. It's just an idea, right? It's something that we have identified as a thing. But if you strip yourself of everything that is labeled as a thing, you don't have anything. What are you? I am compassion. I am gratitude. I am love. I am peace. I am respect. I am energy. I am vibration. I am light. Huh. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. What is your uh, definition of happiness? Oh my goodness. That's just, I think that's, that's probably, probably connected to the same as success, but yeah. it, it really depends on, on how you feel um, about all the emotions we have as human beings, because uh, for instance, I'm, I'm almost done with a really fantastic uh, audiobook by uh, the master key to success by Napoleon Hill. And it, it goes in depth about different emotions and, and thoughts and patterns and, and, and dif different things we need to have as human beings. And one of the biggest things that I see uh, and pick up from different kinds of uh, people, if they are 12 or 50, it doesn't actually matter. If they're using what I like to call smart uh, computers, but we call cell phones, um, I, I see that so many people are not happy in their own skin because they are constantly scrolling and clicking on a screen, comparing themselves to other people. And that is why I think that the connection between success and happiness is really close because if you are not happy when you see yourself in the mirror before you put off two tons of makeup or you're not happy or you don't look yourself in the mirror at all or you don't talk to yourself in the mirror at all or you, you don't meditate or you don't practice taking care of your own body at all well, then you are probably going to be like a car going at the rack, uh, rack point and just being destroyed and not going through service and, and not being able to drive at all. And, and I think that in, in, in the definition of happiness, there is probably many things i could go to my library and find a book and see what happiness is in in norwegian that is but i'm not going to do that right now because i'm sitting here very comfortable yeah so uh but <clears throat> instead i would say happiness is when you are able to look yourself in the mirror and appreciate what you see happiness is when you can appreciate that you have a roof over your head. You don't have a war outside your window. You have maybe some uh, few families you can call. Uh, maybe you have, are lucky enough to have a mother and a father, maybe brother or sister or, or older grandparents or aunts and uncles. Maybe 
you have food on your table, water in your water place. Maybe you can take a shower. Maybe you can brush, brush your teeth. Uh, when you have these things, I think that's a really good foundation for happiness. Uh, but happiness starts from within, would I say. Definitely. Not living in a state of lack, basically. Yeah. You feel like, ah, oh, I don't have this cell phone right now and I feel so unhappy for not having that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really important to just realize that gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions and forces in the universe. But just, and it doesn't have to be fucking complicated. As you said, just breathing. Just not having war outside is enough. Just think, oh my God, I'm so happy and grateful to be alive right now. And there, I want to pick up something. I think I, I probably didn't do a good enough job, but I really want to resonate to the, the, the thing where you say we don't have war. And I'm not quite sure if it was because of COVID and because of Corona and stuff that the oh. news, uh, local newspaper didn't want to come, but at uh we have <clears throat> the national day in norway is 7th of may and it's uh, 17th of may and on that day at uh 1845 uh, uh no 1945 we had like we were free of war in norway and at that uh, time on the clock i went to uh, bathe outside a monument of the war sailors that actually saved this country uh, where I live. And I said like to the news outlet that, uh, yeah, I'm gonna bathe in, in like to, to, to memory and to respect and to like, to, to be really grateful and show gratitude for the freedom we have that so many take for granted. And they didn't care at all. And I'm like, what the fridge, what happening, what's happening? It's like, it's more, it's more interesting to say that, uh, oh yeah, this people or this person right here is taking uh, a driver's license at year 35 years old and is working at uh, this boutique in, in the local shop and have, and is holding up an, an, an an L for like uh, drivers that learns to drive and with up with the side of the head and the symbolism of that L next to the head on the front page is like loser. That's the symbolism of putting that up the side of the head. And that's more interesting to put out a negative bullshit story about a loser in the thirties getting their driver's license than a person willing to sacrifice his own body in cold water to get a memory and respectful, appreciate with gratitude and compassion and loving and respect for the people that saved this country. It, it blows my mind, blows my mind. Yeah, we focus on the weird things these days. But as also, as you mentioned war, COVID has started a war between those people who has had enough of the governments for controlling everything and those people who just want to be their masters of their own minds basically they're calling this the great awakening and for no 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 coincidence because people have seen how this situation has brought up 
it's brought up so much pain and trauma and like these we're separated and we are experiencing duality every day and now people are just having enough and they see that holy crap i don't have to stand up for this so we're in this kind of a war towards equality and to make everyone feel good again and focus on the things that actually matter like emotions and stuff it was taboo to talk about these things grow up and people are saying like no 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 don't show that you are vulnerable don't show that you are sad don't cry in public but all these stupid things to just mask who we are and by doing that we're fucking separating ourselves from what we actually are like yesterday i was talking to my mom and she has a friend who has a daughter they had been to the to some something some uh events and then it come back and the daughter just runs into the house and right up the room and her mom is like what the hell just happened there what do you have are you are you stretched for time right she's six years old comes up there and she said didn't you see the man waving at me no okay no he was so i just had to go up there and greet him and her mom was like okay right and then there's been a lot of things where, where the daughter has been sitting in the, in the living room and other people have been sitting in a specific chair. And she said, don't sit there. Grandma's sitting there. And she's saying these facts about her grandma driving a red car, hearing to this kind of, listening to this kind of music, doing all these things. And so people are asking, when did you tell her about the grandma? I didn't. I didn't. I fucking didn't. Right? The daughter apparently is speaking to the deceased grandma and seeing these things that we don't see. She's seeing people who is feeling bad, right? And she's looking at them, going over there and saying, hey, name, have a great day, right? Bringing fucking tears through the eyes of grown-ass grown men because they feel really shit. And then the six-year-old comes up there and say, have a great day. That is like the emotions she's so emotionally connected to everything that she's so empathic that basically in theory she's seeing beyond dimensions she's talking to the dead like we have had stories about this for ages of ghosts walking around and causing havoc and shit but the thing is a lot of people are probably based uh, born with this ability and then they are just told that this is not okay you don't have you don't show this and they forget about it and they mask their identity. And by the fact, by the time that they're grown up or teenagers, they've forgotten who they are. And that's so sad. But I think that right now, we are getting back to the emotional part. Like that is basically everything that I'm talking about. Emotions. So fucking powerful. Just you. I talked to you about, when we did we start talking this year? Maybe at the end of last year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so we talked and you have changed tremendously during yeah. that time because i asked you what was the definition of success at one point and you said something along the lines of a red ferrari and stuff yeah very materialistic and now you're talking about happiness and those core emotions that makes every human tick yeah and i can see the the demeanor the the behavior of you everything has changed you're walking out out there with the the purpose of serving others Right? It's amazing.
what emotions does when you you open up to them yeah it, it really is uh thor and i'm grateful for that and thank you and uh, uh i love you for that and i want to also kind of kick back and a little bit ask you how it's going with you uh changing the medication and cutting that out and stuff <laughs> my mom said don't you dare stopping that medication <laughs> that is keeping you alive and i said that mom just the fact that you're saying that is giving some validity to me having that disease in the first place mm -hmm. right because you're not mm -hmm. accepting that it's not there anymore mm -hmm. so i i haven't stopped them i i know that i have some work to do within my deepest of subconscious because mm -hmm. I thought I was done fearing death. I'm I'm not really fearing death in my mind, but then it dawned on me, right? I can't if I stop taking the pills. There's a fifty-fifty chance that I will die, and because I have been living with this this um, this belief since 2015, it's a really hard pill to swallow, pun intended, right? Because <laughs> it's basically killing me. While like it's it's uh, it's searing out my blood veins, so that I'm if I go on these pills for a long period of time, I will start bleeding internally because they kill fucking rats with this shit. But the thing is, the blood clot was just a little freeze frame from a stressful period. We don't know that if I just stopped giving it attention, that it would just go away, go back to the quantum space where it doesn't fucking exist anymore. So what I have to do is I have to go in. And it's really cool that you got into this because I, I wrote down a little caveat that I wanted to bring up. I talk a lot about the reticular activating system, which is basically the filtration system of the brain where you say, you ask yourself a question and your brain will filter out the information that is needed to get that question fulfilled. And if I ask myself intentionally about death and how to overcome that in deep, deep meditation, then theoretically, I will be able to face that on a very profound level. And I look forward to doing that because I really didn't think about me going out there and taking those pills every single, every fucking day since 2005, every day. It's insane. The amount of pills I've munched down on those shit, those shits. So I, yeah, I have to go down there and fix that. Yeah, but I want to pick up. You said uh, two years difference there. You said first you said 2005, and then you said 2015. Did I say 2015? Yeah. Well, then that was yeah. I, 2005 is when I got the blood clot. Okay. And it has just been a part of my life since then. Never yeah. left. But now I know that I have to go back in and I have to see how to fix that shit. I have to really face my death, my mortality, because I, I I believe that I was. Well, I, no, I wouldn't say that I was because we are not thinking about ourselves when we die. That is one thing. Not fearing death as a concept is one thing. Thinking about how it would impact those around you is completely different matter. I have two kids, right? Yeah, because that's what I want to pick up, Thor, because uh, not only do I think that me and you have maybe different perspective of the fear of death, but also the thing that I pointed out earlier, uh, not here in this discussion right now or conversation, but in earlier conversations that 
one of the biggest things that separates me from many other of my friends and you as well is that I don't have my own child or uh, something that's connected to me by blood that's made by me. So I don't have that fear of like, if I'm gone, oh, uh, my daughter or my son won't have a father. That is something I can't relate to in a uh, other than compassionate and thoughtful uh, way because I don't have it myself, but I am a educated child youth worker. So I have the understanding that when you get a child, it is the biggest things that happen in your life and you will do everything, even take your own life for your child. And that is why I think it's more interesting for you to uh, dig in the understanding of what if uh, your, um, your um, not your wife, but your uh, you, you said the other day it's uh, in in the soul your soul uh, your soulmate what if your soulmate and your children decided to like oh we will just uh, ch- uh, shift our dad's medication with uh, vitamin medication and will you will get the placebo effect and you need to understand and dig into deeper understanding what is the medication actually doing inside your body and you have also pointed out that you can do true meditation and true different things go into different atoms in your own body and decide that okay well this was a problem but this is not going to be a problem anymore and you have to understand and try to uh, figure out what can actually the hospital do in like scanning or whatever what the fridge can they actually do and find out because if they can't figure out too much i think and and again it's just my personal opinion on the case because i've had so many pain in different kind of movements with my own body through a burn and and so many movements still i have pain just moving my head but if you don't confront it with Uh, a respectful compassionate way and understanding way in many different levels you will never be able to leave it in a way you will understand it from a loving and not fearing perspective because as a as a listener and a good friend of you i would like say that it it's almost seems like you have built up some kind of thing in your subconscious mind that this is a part of you no matter if the medication is there or not it this is a part of you exactly. but i don't think i don't think that's the case i think it's deeper than that i think it's like you're building up um, not necessarily trust for the health and the family uh, cases and studies around it but more like what the Uh, past has told you it is instead of saying that but my research about this medication and other people taking this medication is that they have to do it their whole fucking life yeah exactly so it was just started as a intellectual statement to me and then it has just grown from there and now it's just a deep founded belief system in the core of my identity which is fucked up if you think about it because that just goes back to everything that we are led to believe as we are brought up in this world everything that we think that we are and think that is 
meaningful. Like there's people who, who think that they're doing their kids a huge favor when they're buying them the latest iPhone, right? Because that is something that symbolizes success and, and loving parenthood, whatever. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And what you said, the placebo effect. It's very interesting because if they were to change out the pills without me knowing about it, then if nothing visually changed with how the pills look, I would probably still believe that this pill is doing what it's supposed to do, which means that what I have to do is go back into my subconscious mind and install that placebo without having to change the pill, right? Tell my brain that this is what happens. This, now you're going to listen to me, body. You're going to do this, right? Because it has... I've been doing this for so long now that for a lot of it, it's second nature, removing a headache by breath or a, a negative thought or whatever. I've seen some major physiological changes in my body after I started to do this. You're, you're hitting yourself in the gut. Well, I have this uh, special kind of uh, way to keep myself from holding back when I actually want to go to the toilet. It's, you want to piss uh, again? <laughs> yeah, coffee goes straight to the system. You know this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, that that's kind of like working with um, I don't I don't think I have like a small bladder syndrome or whatever it's called, but some people have problem with like some people drink like uh, coffee, some drink beer, some drink water, some drink tea, some drink different kinds of things. And somebody drink and they can drink like drink, 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 drink and gallons and gallons and gallons. And then two hours later, they're like, oh, no, I need to go to the toilet. That's me. Not a, yeah. and, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you have me like take three cups of coffee and then go like 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah. I'm getting close. <laughs> yeah. But this is but, a good uh, time to kind of wrap it up too. Yeah. But I want to wrap it up also with the, the, um, the, the book. I think that's maybe can go more in depth about your own body and, and the blood cloth and everything. And I'm not quite sure if it, it's talk in, in details about blood cloth, but it will definitely talk about different kinds of things in the body. It's, uh, it's in, uh, Norwegian, but I will uh, say what's on the back in English. It's revolutionary knowledge about how the bacteria in your in your gut is controlling your mood and the uh, the stomach feeling and the choices we take. And with the science uh, through history about patients. This Dr. Emron Mayer is telling you what impressing communication between the gut and the brain is for you and for me every day. For instance, the bacteria in the food can change your brain function and the connection and the uh, talk between your uh, gut and your brain is empowering on your mood, your gut feeling, your stress levels, and how social you are. When the communication is disturbed, we can get seriously health problem in both body and mind, like food allergies, irritable uh, tarm syndrome, 
uh, overweight, depression, anxiety, neurological diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and more. This book will give you practical advice of how you take uh, on your uh, tarm flora and their most will strengthen your gut feeling and immune uh, defense that will better your mood and physical health and will um, prevent the uh, serious life diseases and not believe get you to understand yourself better all in all this is the brain and gut can get you stronger and here many people if not all have much to learn nice what is it called the gut and the hello uh, yarnen otalman the brain and the gut hmm. we'll have to check that out before we if, leave yeah now most podcasts has these questions for the the guests before they leave yeah so Zachary Babcock says that if you can give one advice to the person you were like when you were younger, before you started this, and Louis Howe says, I'm not sure what he says actually, but I think it's kind of what I want to go for here. So if you had one thing that you want to give to the people listening here to make their journey easier, if they are going through life or business or whatever it is, a spiritual journey, a whatever journey it is, if it's difficult for them, what one sentence advice, or not even one sentence, what one advice could you give them to make that better? Well, no, you need to decide not one sentence or... <laughs> one thing, one one topic or one thing that would help you. Piece of advice. I think one of the biggest for me is you are not your thoughts you are loved no matter what and never ever ever give up i love it i love it well thank you for joining in i will link every detail to stina stiasnaldo in the description of this episode wherever you're seeing it and yeah have a fantastic day you as well brother thank you until next time hope you enjoyed that episode, my fellow seeker of truth and awesomeness. If you like the podcast, the message and the vision that we are working towards, be sure to join our Facebook group by checking out the fmlproject.com slash shift. That will take you directly to the group where you can stay updated on the show and meet other seekers just like you. Also, if you really want to help the podcast out, feel free to head over to iTunes and rate it. If you love it, then you show it. If you hate it, show that too, but tell me what I can do to improve it. Until next time... Remember, the answer is in the questions. Peace.